and switch it to Mike. Welcome to the self-evident podcast. You got your boys, Mike. You got Massey. We're all here. Welcome in. Thank you for watching. Don't forget the Massey view. We got the Massey view. It's all about the Massey view. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Glorious. I'm wondering how how long he can hold it. I can hold. <laughs> it's not like peeing, Mike. Jeez. Well, can, I shouldn't can, even have said that. Yeah. You led people in. You're the one who led them into it. That's See, true. This I is, did. This, I will admit that. Yeah. This is Dude, why people watch. We got to talk quickly about Missouri. You were awesome. I so ecstatic to to because that was what today's Friday. We didn't do a podcast Monday. Our bad. If you were expecting it, it did not happen. Let, I want you to tell people why we didn't do a podcast on Monday. Why didn't we do it? Because we got in at like 530. That's right. So <laughs> I forgot about that, too. So I guess I'll tell the people. <laughs> no. So here's the thing. Don't fly Frontier. There you go. I, I, Paul's here with us. He's, he's going to he's the smart one. So he's another one of the smart ones. I always say Mike is a smart one. He's above then us. There's Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and here's where it's at is we go frontier and it says your flight is at 10 something at night. Get in at 1230 in the morning. Good. You know, we're good. It didn't get in until it was 1130 almost. And then we the waited. Plane. We waited yeah. till another 30 minutes on the plane or something like that. Can, can I off. tell this story? Go ahead. You because do it. Now, this, this obviously, Mexicans can't tell stories. So go ahead. No, no. I went straight racist. Oh, on that, he dude. did. He got offended <laughs> by that. I I was just excited to include myself in the storytelling with Massey, and he gets offended. See, now he's on his phone. Now he's not even. Yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> what happened? I... <laughs> <laughs> you got caught. <laughs> they wait for these moments, guys, <laughs> to do this to me. Let's see how we can ruse mass. All of them are fired. And then I got to rehire them for the next show. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> Good luck. So we're, we're the planes there. They start checking tickets. And this is when they decide, mind you, they're late by what? An hour, hour and a half. Oh, dude. This is when they decide they're going to check every single person's personal item for whether or not it's small enough. And they got the little box. So you try to put the bag in <laughs> and they are having every single person try to shove their bag in that little metal box. Otherwise they're going to charge them for a carry on. I was, I was beside myself with this whole situation. He's like, obviously your mission statement is not, customer first <laughs> bro and they were like not cool about it like no, first you're they late weren't. and then you make us check all our bags it's like guys you already made a slate right so then we get to we get to orlando right yep, yep. we're two hours from home well hour and 40 whatever it is it takes a half hour to get our bags on the uh -huh. the, the carousel and then you parked five miles away from the it's your fault. You got to throw me yeah, in with frontier because huh? he just threw me I, under the bus. Know, I'm throwing I, him a, he throws he goes and parks off site you know, because I saved us like 30 bucks, 30 bucks, $30. So anyways, we didn't get home till 530 in the morning. We didn't want to do a podcast. So forget you. I'm kidding. We, we just wow. You're attacking everybody right anyways, now. Anyways, we're doing good. Uh, I just got this in me. We're doing great. <laughs> Paul brought donuts over as if we need them. But we had them. So, guys, we're talking about banking industries this morning. There, you see what's going on, right? 
The problem is a lot of people are misinformed. And, and I'll use this quote. I don't like quoting him, but I will because he's right. Neil deGrasse Tyson once said on a podcast, the, the hard part about the average person is they know just enough to become very dangerous. And so what happens is we know just enough. We hear a little bit of sound bites here and there. We listen to our favorite political pundits. So we get their little point of view. And all of a sudden we base our decisions off that instead of doing our own homework. So we're talking about the banking system this morning and how what happened with the Silicon Valley Bank and, and all these other things uh, that are happening. And we brought Paul on because my man knows economics. He's very big on that stuff, but he, he knows a ton of crap. He does a lot of our research, too. And he does a lot of our blogs. If you have not subscribed, I mean, what are you waiting for? TheSelfEvidentTruth.com. Check out the blogs because my man here, he, he's the brains. I'm just a pretty face. Anyway, so we're talking about the banking system. And Mike, I want you to take over here because that's a nerd fest at this point. So <laughs> it's all right. I'll get you back. Don't you will. You I, will. I got Eventually he will. It's a nerd oh, fest yeah. right now. Yep. Before no, you do that, I just want to ask yeah. one question. Is it better to have a beautiful face or a smart mind? Oh, that was a diss itself. Polly. Paul's on the attack mode. Oh, man. He's not wrong. Paul, before we get this into This is the it, last show Paul will be on. And, uh, <laughs> I, I do want to – I want you to quick kind of give your history yeah. because it's not like you're just some armchair quarterback yeah. who – you know, read a blog or two and you said, if you could, to can you give speak some into information? the mic too? You got to speak into so, the mic. Sure. There you go. What's your history with the banking sector, finance, all of that? Sure. Um, most of my uh, working life was spent uh, as a computer programmer, but I also spent 10 years as a controller with an, with an accounting background. Uh, but then I went to work for a, actually a bond investment desk for a mutual fund in Boston, the Boston company. And so I was writing software for uh, measuring the, for doing the metrics for uh, bond investments. So, so that's you, how I knew about that. You, oh, you kind of had yeah. to have an idea about, you know, bond investments. Just a scope. Just a, a little bit. A little right? bit. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, we were having a conversation in the office and, and I kind of felt like we need to clarify this for people. We need mm -hmm. to, because so often the news is talking hundred miles a minute. You got, you know, the, the government coming out and saying the economy's fine. Nothing's wrong. Nothing to see here, which we all know. Mm -hmm. Trust your government, right? <laughs> it's a euphemism yeah. for, oh boy, we're for going down. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> and what does the government know about anything? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and when gosh. they say it's okay, you probably should start running. Uh, yeah. Um, and then you had the, the banks who were saying the sky is falling, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then you had other people who were saying nothing to see here. And so we thought it would be good to just kind of break things down and say what is really going on and where are we at in all of this? Because um, I think it helps for all of us to be well-informed without getting into all the divisive stuff of emotions. And Massey and I have always said what we appreciate about you is you, you push back against panic, hmm. uh, yeah. emotional fervor. And, and two, even there's there's a lot of people who come out who are prophetic voices and we should listen to a lot of them. There are many of them, though, who are not on the right side of this. And, and what they do is promote more fear and what the enemy's doing. And it's like if we just wait a couple of years, just <laughs> if we yeah. wait a little bit of time, mm -hmm. it'll correct itself. And I'm not saying there isn't something nefarious going on. There's always something going on. But just let's get a grip on what's going on. And if you know the one thing you can base <coughs> a prophetic word on is knowing the word. Right. So you can base a prophetic word on that. Also knowing history. What are the, what are the things? What, like, I, I keep hearing this a lot in our discourses everywhere I go. 
we've never seen it this bad. I'm like, dude, do y'all 240 years ago, it was not a walk in the park here. It's actually worse than what we have now. And yet God gave us the victory. And so we're really cautious about like, oh my gosh, the world is collapsing. No, I just think we need to know history a little bit and 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 figure this out and, and rightly divide the word of truth, right? So that's why we're here. That's why we're right. doing this stuff. So Paul, let's let's get started with just an overview of what's going on and then we'll kind of break down the parts. Sure. So go for it. What basically what we've got is a situation where uh bank managers have been making some decisions about how to manage their cash flow and the cash in the cash out banks take in deposits uh, and then turn that around and turn that into loans to other people and you can just imagine that if all of a sudden all of the depositors wanted to have all their money back there's no possible way that a bank can give them all their money back because a substantial piece of that is already loaned out to other people so basically i give my ten dollars to the bank Mm -hmm. The bank takes nine of those dollars and starts loaning them out to yes. everybody. And yes. if I come to the bank and I say, I want my $10 back, they're going, uh, we don't exactly have all of it mm -hmm. because everybody else wants their money. Right? But at the same time, it's not if it's only one person, it's no big deal. Right. Um, it's just if everybody wants their money back at the same time. Uh, in the case of uh, Silicon Valley Bank, you had all of these venture capital guys with millions and billions of dollars on deposit there, and they wanted it all out on the same day. So they had a $42 billion run on the bank on a single day. So I want to I touch on this idea of bank run. Um, this, what we have to understand as a people is it's an emotional reaction. It really is. So yes. I, I've got an analogy for this. I think it was in Singapore. There was a bus stop that had to have construction. Yeah. So they moved where the bus stop was supposed to be. And so people started gathering at this bus stop and this bus stop just so happened to be in front of a, a private bank. Mm -hmm. Well, people saw this group of people standing out front of the bank <laughs> and thought something's going on here because there's a large group of people outside of this bank. Mm -hmm. And so people started going into the bank to pull their money out because they didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm which more people saw people going in and out panic. of the bank to panic, get their money. Yeah. It was yep. panic. It collapsed the bank in an afternoon because a bus stop got moved. Right. This is what happens with bank runs with, with panics, which what causes bank collapses. Right. Right. So, sure does. Now in the case of the uh, Silicon Valley bank, you had, <laughs> you had one uh, venture capital guy who was watching the, what the bank was doing with their normal processes. And they were running short of cash on hand. I mean, cash on hand for a bank is called liquidity, having enough to pay the bills, to let people use their accounts to fund their own lives, paying their own bills, uh, things like this. But he noticed that, the, that this bank was declining in its liquidity. And so the bank executives were taking steps to improve their liquidity uh, by selling some bonds. But the, the VC guy told his VC pals, hey, I think there's a problem here. You should get your money out. Right. And so that's exactly what happened. So he was watching the bank. Yes. And he noticed something's wrong here. They're not going to have my money if I need it. Mm -hmm. And so he points out to his buddies, hey, something's going on here. We got to get our money out before before something happens to these guys. Right. And one of the motivations for doing that is that the millions that they had on deposit are not protected funds. We are all used to having bank accounts that are less than 250000 I assume everybody here listening might be in that camp, might be a few others, but $250,000 is the limit that the FDIC will backstop you for. 
these guys had millions on deposit and they're not protected. So they, the 250,000 of their billions of dollars, they could get back. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's exactly right. So, now, subsequently, the FDIC has come out and saying, hey, we're going to backstop everybody, all the depositors, but that's not legal. Right. They're doing it anyway. And now what I want to get into in a little bit, you said something that I want to parse out for people. So you, you talked about bonds. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for people to understand with SVB what happened in the realm of bonds and why this VC was looking at it going, there's an issue with what they've got on their balance sheets as far as bonds versus our money in the bank. Yes, that's exactly right, Mike. So the uh, we know that banks give loans to individuals and to businesses so that they can operate. And normally speaking, that's a bit of a risky operation. You have to have good credit so that they can be confident they're going to get paid back. But they also keep a reserve fund of cash, but they don't keep it in pure cash. They take out, they buy government bonds, which are supposed to be risk-free. And that's all fine. But if you have an environment where the Federal Reserve is um, raising interest rates substantially over a short period of time, as we have experienced in 2022-23, the price of the bonds that are that operate inversely sorry contrary to the interest rates interest rates go up bond prices go down so the price of the bonds who are which are on the balance sheets of the banks are decreasing in price it's the same thing that would happen if you had bought a house at the peak of the real estate crisis that happened in 0809 and your house went down in value after that for some substantial period of time And as long as you could continue to pay your bills, you could hang on to your house and uh, eventually the price would come back up. And that would have been true for Silicon Valley Bank as well. Those bond prices would come back up if they had another year or so to wait. But the VC guys, they didn't want to call them on their bluff. That's that's exactly right. Um, And Silicon Valley Bank executives in particular, they doubled down on buying those bonds, even at depressed prices, believing that the Federal Reserve was going to cut interest rates later this year. Actually, they were assuming it's going to be in the first quarter, not going to be in first quarter, maybe by the end of this year. Because they're already raising the interest rates again, right? So, yes. like, what that does is, and if, I know you probably just explained it, but like, getting specific, I was learning a lot when we were talking, you and I, about how interest rates work and like what it does to the economy. So, they raise the interest rate to stop inflation. Yeah. So they raise, it, so it makes it harder to buy, right? So it stops production, and there's there, there becomes a prices a, start to prices start to decline, right? So then this whole thing with the banks is. As the interest rate goes up, the bond prices or the bond uh, value goes down. So it, you see the, in, the, the adverse effect of what's, ha- you know, what's happening. The lower the interest rate, the higher the bond uh, value, right? Yeah. But then uh, because of the printing of the money, inflation goes up because we can't right. cover our debts, right. right? So inflation goes up. So then they raise the – you see this mess? That's what government does. Yeah. <laughs> That's your government in a nutshell. That's the self-evident podcast. That is it. I mean, seriously, like, I don't know if you can bring any light to this, but this is how you are a very staunch liberty-minded dude. You are, you are a classical libertarian, not libertarian in the modern sense, very classical libertarian. I pretty much put myself in that camp. More the, the theonomy, like we talked about yeah. theonomy. Yeah. But I put myself in that camp. What, what, what do you think? You've studied like the Depression. You've studied all these things. And you kind of know that that side of history. I'm still getting into that stuff. Can you tell us like 
kind of where this originated in a sense so we can start getting a better grasp of hey what to watch out for next time and you know how do we what do we do with our lawmakers now what, what what's going to happen like what has to happen to yeah. it? sure um just going back to, to that okay <laughs> the, to. the biggest bank crisis in american history was in the 1930 when the stock market crashes in the october of 29 shortly after that all the banks collapsed as well for the same reason that SVB collapsed because there was a run on all the banks. The problem in those days, that there was no government protection at all. The there FDIC, was no FDIC. No, no FDIC, no protection. So if you didn't get your money out that day because you were the last guy in line, you never saw that money again. Musical chairs, you lose. That's right. That's pretty much what it is. So that was a terrible calamity for the entire American economy in those days. And if you think things are, are bad now, you really need to understand what happened in 1930 uh, as to what happened to America, the stock market and the banks. Okay, that was terrible. That was, there was no protection at all for investors or depositors in a bank. So things are better today because as a result of that, they're, let me put it this way. It's, they're better for us in protecting our deposits because the government has developed programs <laughs> that... It, it dripping with condescension. <laughs> yes. Um, I love it. <laughs> but the point of the matter is that the government protection has made us more dependent on banking operations than we would have if we had never had those protections. So the bottom line is for anybody who's got 250000 or less in some other some bank, the American government is going to make sure that you can always get your money back. So that is a bright side to the events that have happened in the past. That's even an improvement over the 2008 and 9 calamity because in those days it was only $100,000, only a few years ago. Now it's $250,000. So as long as you don't make any money and you don't have a lot of excess wealth going on, the government will protect you. But apparently now they'll also protect you if you're a VC with millions. Right. And it's it, what, what, what's tricky about that, Paul, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here. What's tricky about that is it's no longer a risk reward thing. You're just protected. Right. So like I think in the 1930s, it was worse. You're right. But then I hope people learn from the The hope is don't put your eggs in a basket. Be careful what yes. you're investing in. Right. But now we're borrowing money on our future from our future children to pay us back for our stupid mis in, yeah. in a sense. No, you're right. You're absolutely so, right. So isn't that the danger? And can that be the, and is that a cause of uh, greed? You know, I'm not, because to, to be ambitious, I don't think is wrong. Ambition with the wrong heart becomes greed and lustful, right? To be ambitious and want to get ahead is great. Mm -hmm. But now we have a government that's like backing everything. Like, so they do own they own you, really, right. in a sense. I mean, am I right about this? In, in, a, way, in a way, that's true. Um, the, what you're really talking about is the, the problem of moral hazard. Sure. If the government backs you up, no matter what you do, then you're never going to get better. You're going to continue to up, right. ante up your risk levels. And really, by you, I mean bankers, um, investors, that kind of stuff. They take on more and more risk every time the government backs them up. Right. And of course, the people who end up paying for that are the, the average working guy most of the time. Now, just a quick thought, though. In the 2008 and 9 crisis, a lot of the banks that, that either went under or were bought by other larger banks, the, the government was not net at a net loss for taxpayers bailing out 
these businesses. What ended up happening is in the sale of the assets that happened as, in conjunction with this, the government was made whole. So they sold off the bank assets that they had to seize, and they kept the profit from that, and then they used that as a pot of money to bail out businesses. We don't have to like it, but it didn't come entirely from taxpayers' uh, pockets. So uh, I don't even think it was all terribly legal either. But uh, <laughs> nevertheless, we know that the government does illegal things on a regular basis. And so there you have it. Yeah. And I think in this situation, especially that, that concept of greed, greed at least is controlled with risk. Yes. But if you get rid of risk and you mm -hmm. protect the greed, then there's nothing to to hem it in right there's Absolutely. nothing to build boundaries around it and i think what we're watching especially so so they and and fill in the gaps for me the the fdic has how 130 billion or something in their their protection fund for uh, yeah, all but this, of course that's like a that. drop in the bucket right that's the and that money comes from banks who pay they, who pay premiums into this insurance corporation. Right. Yes. Now, all of a sudden, it's getting floated. Well, what if we back all $18 trillion of deposits in the U.S. banking system? Right. I want to ask you, do you have $18 trillion on hand? Nope. Mm -mm. I don't. Mm -mm. We have a question from Michael Liggett asking about, um, what about the implementation of the Fed now digital currency? Yeah, that that's not directly on point to what we're talking about right. today. I was, I was going to move that one to later. Okay. 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 But, uh, but yeah, we can deal with it at some other point. Yeah. Um, so the, we were now talking about 18 trillion to backstop, which we have nowhere to get it from. No. It's something like 75% of the GDP, but now we're just yes. throwing out ideas of how we can. And what I, what I read into that was, they're coming up with a way to make everybody feel better. It's, it's almost a, we know we don't have it. We know we can't implement this, but if we tell people we're going to do it, everybody will calm down and we'll be okay. Well, because you're really uh, talking about confidence or a con game in a way. If you, if banking depends on confidence, confidence that the money is going to be available when you need it. Right. Even, and by the way, this applies to both, paper currency like our dollars and gold and anything else, nothing has absolute intrinsic value in the world. It's only what people believe or have confidence in and are willing to exchange for an agreed upon amount. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a confidence situation. So for the government to come out and say, hey, we're going to backstop everybody, it's specifically designed to instill confidence in the financial markets because without that confidence, uh, every country would go completely upside down. Right. So go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm just thinking like you, you, you brought up this in a, in a kind of a roundabout way, but you said it twice now. It's illegal. Why? Why, why, why with, with what happened with Silicon Valley Bank and the government backing all those things, why is it illegal? Because the, uh, the Banking Act of 1933 that established the FDIC set the parameters of who and how they can be uh, protected or made whole. That Banking Act was amended by Congress uh, back in the 60s and then again with the, the 2008-9 thing where they increased the backstop amount to $250,000. Uh, this is a legal uh, – this is a law that was passed by Congress in 1933. It's been updated a couple times since then by Congress. 
the FDIC cannot change their mandate and their parameters without Congress. And by the way, Janet Yellen, Secretary of the Treasury, who thinks she's got the power to do it, she's trying to work with the FDIC basically to override the laws of Congress. Well, this is a, this is a Supreme Court case waiting to happen, but by then the money will be gone. Mm -hmm. And along with that, <coughs> the House would have to approve something like that, right? Congress, it, yeah. It, it, mm -hmm. And in the House, what you have going on is, and I've, I've seen this point out, and I totally agree with it, you have the progressives, the, the hardcore progressives, who they hate the billionaires, they mm -hmm. hate the corporations, they hate the big banks, so they're not going to be in on, well, let's bail out the big banks and the, the billionaires. And then you have the Freedom Caucus on the other side of it, who are like, we, it's not our job to bail this stuff out. We're not right. supposed to get involved in the free market. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's little to no chance of anything like this making it through the House. Right. So it right. would have to be an end around by Yellen, by, by the FDIC, you know, like mm -hmm. the only way to get something like that done is to do an end around, which right. is really nasty politics on its own right. Yeah. Know, and it right. sets precedent because the more they can get away with this stuff, the more other people will do it too. It's just like right. the IRS yep. going after, you know, the 501s for a long time. I mean, it sets mm -hmm. precedent yep. when you keep setting precedent with no action against it. It just keeps going. It gets worse and worse and worse. That's why presidents now, Write executive orders like literally they're writing out coffee orders. You know what I mean? It's just it's right. <laughs> I'm serious. Change like literally, system. it's like you know what? I just want to ham and eggs. You know, they just start changing things. Yeah, because of precedent, and it's dangerous to do that. Right? right. When he's saying it's illegal, what we're saying here is this is why it's so important to be vigilant. Most people would be like, "Well, see, now Biden's bailing them out," and that even that statement, it's like, is that entirely true? We don't know. You got to really do your research and do your homework. That's why <clears throat> we get smarter people yes somebody who can and then we bring on the experts because <laughs> i don't so, want to study it you do it and then you tell me how stupid i am <laughs> you just tell us what to think that's right i know history pretty decent yeah. homeboy knows you know I, all the other stuff and and i do want you to say paul and if you have another line that you really want to go to go for it but i also want to get into where are we at now like how bad is it and what should our response be? Uh, in order to address the, those the people that have this sort of dark view of things, there, what I've observed is this, there's a couple of different personality types, and there's some that are going to assume the worst in every case. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what the news is. It's always they're assuming the worst, and they're usually assuming that there's something nefarious behind it all. And sometimes there is, but not every time. And it's the whole idea that if you don't understand something, if uh, you're likely to make stuff up that fits with your personal worldview. And so they just assume uh, dark, nefarious things. But things are not as bad today as they were even in 0809. They're not as bad as they were in the 1930s. So, but people don't pay attention to history, and so they don't really know that. They think their current experience is the worst. But the fact of the matter is most people have no risk in this game at all right now. Right. Most people are below the 250,000 uh, limit, and so their, their funds are completely safe. So th there's a whole lot of chatter of people uh, imagining stuff, okay? So, but there is also the flip side of things, that there is an incompetence level that is happening in the marketplace as well. The events around uh, Silicon Valley Bank should never have happened. There should have been people watching, besides the VC guys who pulled their money out, uh, to make sure that this kind of thing didn't happen. 
It is what happened at Silicon Valley Bank would never have happened if that one guy hadn't started a run on the bank because the price of the bonds absolutely will go back up over time, You probably by the end of this year. Right. Okay. So the average person in public is totally fine. There's nothing going to happen to them at all. The millionaires and billionaires looks like they're in pretty good shape too. So that means that all of the businesses that depend on banks for loans, they're going to be fine too. So frankly, there really isn't a crisis here. Right. But it does affect short-term stuff for now, right? It affects, but that's what happens in a, in a, in a, in a pinch, right? Then I think this is like, if y'all could remember when we, when COVID hit, do you remember the run on toilet paper? Yeah. yeah. Paul always says this at every hurricane. You guys just got to know this guy. Whenever a hurricane watch or warning happens, he's like, here we go. Right. And he's what, what's good. He's a be Christian. The... But so he says this with endearment. He always says the idiots are going to go take everything from the stores and leave us with nothing. What's the because we all got to work. Right. So then they <laughs> yeah. go to the store and they buy all the water. They buy uh, all the toilet paper. And nine out of ten times. Is that a, you think accurately? The hurricane doesn't really happen the way that's it, right. At least it hasn't here on. Uh, right. 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 Coast. Thank you, Jesus. You know, yeah. and I know what happened in Tampa last year and, and, and all those things. I'm not downplaying that. But that is not a common occurrence at that at that level. It doesn't happen quite frequently. So whenever something big happens, everybody goes, oh, my gosh, we've never been through it before. And it's like we have, though. Could, could we all just, you know, be calm and collected? And yeah, you know, the like, Bible's sure. clear to the Christian <laughs> to be sober minded, to be self-controlled, to yes. be patient. Yes. And it's usually us that are like, oh, the Lord's coming back and, and everybody's going to die in the, the wars. And it's and like you whoa. see people with 40 packages of water and yeah. 400 cans of yep. beans and it's a little old lady who's 70 years old it's like it's just, you you could relax a little bit you and know? a lot of people nowadays uh, also complain about inflation interest rates and unemployment and that kind of thing but it was so much worse when i was in my early 20s in the uh, uh, reagan administration there you go the, inflation interest rates and unemployment were all above 10 percent. all of them so, and that was just 40 years ago. I was going to say during, during, uh, what's his name's administration? Was it, uh, 1980? 1980 was Reagan. Yeah. Reagan, but before that, before that was uh, the seventies and you got Jimmy Carter, Who, Carter and, and Gerald Ford. It was like 17% interest rates for houses. back uh, that time. Uh, Actually that extended through the eighties as well. Okay. So in 80, up to the 86 or so, you were still getting, uh, average mortgage rates were in the 18% range. Can y'all imagine that? Can, can you hear 18%. that? 18%. And we're freaking out about six. Yeah, I know. We're like, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. It's going so high. <laughs> right, right. Because yeah. our houses are $500,000 and that's what we want. Instead of like, if, and if and if Paul teaches a class at church, it's it's Kingdom Foundations on 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 money. So it's like, you know, Dave Ramsey's thing, but better. It's better for a fraction of the cost. For a fraction of the cost. We're, we're not going to charge you an arm and a leg to get financial advice right. to improve your financial position because this makes so much sense. Let's charge people hundreds of dollars <laughs> in order to get them Stop. in a better financial position instead of ten bucks. How do you feel about that, Mike? Yeah, yeah. What's your no, real cool take on this? Pal? It's all good. So, like, listen, Paul does this financial kingdom peace stuff. Right. I just said it all wrong, but <laughs> financial. But think about it. If you are willing to live within your means and be smart, you don't have to worry about what the world governments are doing because God will take care of you. If you're a steward of what he's given you, instead of depending on a loan, depending on interest rates, depending on this, and you're a steward of what God has given you. He's I mean, he's going to take care of that, like he because you've done it the right way. He blesses that if you've done it wrong. He does take care of you. You're going to go through some stuff, right? 
uh, debts and all these other things. And we're depending on more loans and interest rate. You're just you're, you're playing in the what if land. Right. And Absolutely. Like, Again, connected with what you're saying, if you look back at the uh, the bank bank crisis in 1930 and uh, 2008 and nine, they were all driven by debt. Mm. All of them. Uh, back in the 1930s, it was the end of the 1920s with the roaring 20s. Everybody was happy. Everybody was making tons of money. Money was they flowing. Were, and, and it was the beginning of uh, buying shares in companies, that kind of thing. And people were just making so much money. The average guy on the street, the shoeshine guy. And they were borrowing money from banks to buy shares in companies. When the companies went down, those shares went to nothing, but they still owed the money to the banks. But, of course, the banks couldn't collect it because they didn't have money. Same thing in 2008 and 9. People were going into big debt to buy houses they could not afford using liar loans and all kinds of procedures. Yeah, stated, into, stated income. Do you remember that? You could just state your yeah, income. You didn't even have to prove loans. it. Yeah. And, Unbelievable. And banks were, were told by the government, go ahead and take these. We've got you. Right. Right. The government was going, no, no, no. We want these people to get mortgages. It's we got like, you. Get in there. Go like take they, those mortgages. Mike, it's almost like they oh. wanted it that way. Oh. Yep. Yep. Government and, getting involved and, in the in the marketplace again. You know, it always works out well for the it's government. So government ruins everything they touch. <laughs> um, yeah. And and Shailene, it, it was a little bit confusing what you sh it's said. Shailene. Shailene. Shailene, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, she she had mentioned that she feels like some of this almost seems like it was intentional. I I think personally, let's. This is tends to be my rule of thumb and, yes. and Paul's yours and Massey's yours. Our rule of thumb is don't count malicious where you can count to incompetence. Amen to that. And and I think this wasn't an intentional problem. It was incompetence. Yes. And it was people failing at their jobs and greed taking over. However, however, government always becomes malicious during these times. I don't care what you never say. Never let a good crisis go. Exactly. To waste. So yeah. what happens is incompetency, mm -hmm. they place these people in these positions i was about to say the word idiots and i shouldn't but i was about to and then guess what government does my turn now uh -huh. it's time for me to do so yes that is malicious to me i always think government is malicious i've always believed government is malicious they're never for you government is never for you it can't be it's not a thing it doesn't have emotion that's right and so what's dangerous about so to me yeah there wasn't competence I'm kind of leaning. I said this to you guys in the office. I lean more towards Shalene's view that there's maliciousness to make this happen. I know you guys are more on the incompetency side. I have a little bit different view just because I, to me, the way things are playing out, it just works perfectly, right? I, to me. So I see And this it is as, good right here. Yeah. I, I see it as government is incompetent at their job and especially in regulator positions, the big bucks are not in the regulator positions, especially in like the SEC and all of that. Mm -hmm. No, the big money, the really good money is in the private sector, in the banks, in the financial institutions, on Wall Street. So what happens is the really smart guys are outsmarting the kind of smart guys, and they already know they're backstopped. They know, mm -hmm. yeah, if we fail, we're too big to fail, so they'll come in and save us. But I think what happens is government is always looking for a chance to expand their power and authority, yeah. conscious and subconscious. I think it's one of those things where if I'm a politician and I've told all my constituents, I'll save your life, I will do good for you, I'm going to solve every problem. I get in there and I see oh, this bank failed. All of my constituents are going to go broke if I don't do something. Well, I'm taking over. And I, I think it becomes almost a moral busybody mindset of I see a problem. 
I'm going to run over everybody in order to fix that problem. But there's, there's no question that what you guys are saying about government is right. But the problem is that the people actually support this from the government. They support getting bailed out. They support getting government favors and checks in the mail and things like this. The people support, or not everybody, I don't mean to say all people. I'm, I'm with you. But the majority of people in America, they want that whole, they want all the benefits. They want the checks. They want the backstop. They want the protection. They want the government to do more because they haven't yet become a direct victim of government policy. And yeah, you're right. We all are a direct victim of government policy in some point. We just learned what to accept, right? right. We've learned to That's live right. with it, right? That's right. We've learned to live with these um, kind of, and I will say they are injustices in a lot of ways. Like mm -hmm. uh, me and Paul talk about this all the time. We hate, vehemently hate property taxes. Oh yeah. The fact that I can own my house and if I don't pay my taxes, you get to take it. Uh, no, <laughs> like so there's just things that we've learned to accept and, 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 and do. But the funny thing is, is this is all government tyranny, right? So like the fact that we have become dependent on a system that can print its own money at will, right. at will, right? They just print. Dude, if you did that, you start spinning the machine in your basement. They buddy, will raid you guns pointed. Um, I mean, dude, I, I, there are so many businesses, guys, that the FBI has raided that you've never heard about. And they just get everything. I think Gibson lost. Gibson. They lost like two. I can't remember. It was in the millions. Yep. They took guitars. They took mm. files and they never mm. got them back. No. Right. They, it, it just. Go ahead. What go I'm ahead. saying is this is where it's dangerous to trust in government. Right. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've never ever since I started really studying the Constitution. Government has been the target of my there's nothing to trust about it because it always turns nefarious. The founders mm -hmm. believe that. Mm -hmm. It always turns nefarious Yes, because the evil is set in the hearts of men. It just is. So you get a guy in there that'll say the right things, right? And then all of a sudden they go off and do stupidity. John Adams, we've talked about this many times. One of my favorite historical characters, dude, tried to stop free speech in his first term. He was arresting journalists. And yeah. Like, what are you doing? People. Jefferson, his vice president, was like, what are you doing? We, we all fought and died for this thing. We can't yeah. stop free speech. This is so real that like what we do in crisis is, oh, my gosh, if I don't, if I don't, then this that's called liberty. Yeah. And we got to let this thing play out. And so government has now used every single point of man's error and capitalized on it and said, we'll regulate it. Yet they're the ones in error all the time. They will always try to comfort your fear and worry. Fear and worry is the ticket for the government. Yeah. Think about it. Every, every, right. every time. Every mm -hmm. time something pops up, fear and worry pop up from the people Truth. and government goes, let me fix that fear for you. Dude. Now, isn't this the thing that we as Christians should not be walking in? Amen. Because fear and worry is not of God. God Amen. is the author of liberty because he, he has promised that we are in his hand as Christians. Woo! So when we, when we fear, we're fearing man instead of God. Right. Ooh, preach good. paul <laughs> look at shaleen's comment it's total incompetent when we are hiring people because of diversity rather than actual competence in the job Oof. oh man that's a whole nother layer that. it is a whole yeah, other conversation layer. but she's right yeah. no she's we're hiring right. people based on their 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 diversity instead of competency on the job just look yeah. at our press secretary right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but she's the first black gay press secretary so that's that's merit. Well, look that at was, me. Look at me. She 
does speak well. There's a lot of people who voted for Obama because he was black, not because he was oh competent for the job. Oh, Dang. Man. And then and then you had to accept Which is it. all verified, by the way. <laughs> then, then, yes. I mean, then, just for you fact checkers out there that are going bonkers right now. That's <laughs> not proven. They voted for him because he's black, not because he's black. That's literally there was a there was an article that just came up. Seriously. No, no, seriously. The fact check was Charles Darwin didn't predict the wokeism. He just said this might happen when that quote that they used. I forget the quote, but it was like it said he predicted wokeism. He didn't predict wokeism. He just said this might happen in the nation. So you're saying it was true. So he right. It's just because he didn't say wokeism will happen. I mean, just oh, quit reading those fact check things. They're nasty. They're, they're, they're diabolical. Anyways. That's right, Shalene. It is so racist because then that means they should hire me to run all of it. Chase Bank. Could you please? (laughs) I could do it. We might fare better. I could do it. We might fare better. I could could pull it off. (laughs) At least I got the hairline. Unlike, never mind. Oh, the white boys over here. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Anywho. Well, you know, God made a few great heads and he covered the rest with hair. And this is the last show Paul will be on. Everybody, let's pray for Paul as he exits the show. Yeah, keep, keep me behind the scenes. No, listen, guys. Uh, Micah asked a question I think we need to address. I don't know if we want to do it in this show or another show about the digital currency. I think that's a big question for a lot of Christians, yeah. which they have every right to ask, right? Mm-hmm. And we've had our discussions, but we've never really delved into that whole thing. I don't know if you have. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to comment on that, what about going into the digital? What do you the- sure? I, I would give it a, a, a quick 30 second thing here. Please. Digital currency by a government is not much different than digital currency by anybody else. Anybody can spin up a digital currency anytime they want. As long as it's accepted by a, a person who's willing to accept. That's it. right. Exactly so it's a right. voluntary transaction. That's right. That's right. Uh, so even a government that spins up digital currency, they're perfectly within their abilities to do that. And Frankly, there's nothing behind digital currency. There's zero behind any digital currency. It's only confidence. So if there's the no gold backing it. So there's really no difference between paper money and digital currency, except in how it's processed. Exactly. There's nothing behind either one. So but what, what, are the, what are the dangers of having a digital currency, though? Well, the fact that they can track every single transaction. But the thing is that the difference between a government sponsored digital currency and an independent one is that the government tracks you for nefarious purposes. We've already said that. Uh, but digital currencies in general are anonymous. You are anonymous in the blockchain in terms of who you are, how you're spending your money. With a government digital currency, they will have access to who's who and who's doing what. And they have the ability to shut off your funds and all that other stuff, like really freeze your assets in that kind of a world. So, yeah, I mean, digital currency, for some, will say it's just easier. We all use cards anyways. What's the point of having cash? Mm. But that's exactly how they want you to think. That's control, man. They and, know how to control. And we're sure. really one step away from it because how many people actually use cash in normal transactions? I'm not saying people don't. What I'm saying is the vast majority of the population do. uses debit card, credit card, right? Yeah. So we're, we're really one step away from a well, digital what currency. What I think is interesting you know? is I actually think that it's minorities who will suffer the most under a digital currency. Process because they don't use digital stuff now. They don't. Most of the time, minorities are and poor. The poor are far more likely to take their paycheck down to the paycheck uh, cashing place, cash place, cash and carry, and they take their cash out and pay the fee, whatever. 
and they live on the rest. That's not uh, racist. It's just the, true. It's a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing. Yeah. My, uh, my, my family is living proof of that. When my family came from the South, you know, from Mexico and stuff like that, that's all they do down there in Mexico is cash. That's really what it is. They don't really do much in the card sector, at least when I grew up. And so it's like hiding cash in every part of your house, mattresses. I'm serious. Yeah. They still yeah. do cookie yeah. jars, that whole thing. I mean, I remember my aunt, my, my uncle builds houses. We used to build houses. His son does it now. But, dude, she would have wads of cash just stashed around the house. I'm like, I remember that spot. I remember that spot. I remember that spot. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what I mean? But, like, that's just how we lived was cash. I mean, that's mm -hmm. – and dad always trusted cash, cash in the barrel. He didn't, he didn't really like loans at well, all. You know, there's an irony to that. Uh, remember that banking is all about risk and how you how you store your money if you store your money in your house in all of those little pockets the danger of having a fire or having a thief break in and steal it all all kinds of things can happen where you are separated from your physical cash and never be able to access it again right so there's risk in every possible every field every field and even if you put it in your mattress there's risk there yeah house catches on fire done yeah <laughs> But but this is where it gets real, right, Mike? And I didn't mean to cut you off because no, I want you to talk. But I want you to think about this. It's when we give it over to a government. That's my only... Dude, I remember... I, I'll never forget. I think I was talking to you boys. In 2020, when everything started to go down, I just know. The moment government said, I think we need to shut down, it's like, there it is. That right. was the mm -hmm. whole point right there yep. for them to control. Remember, we started doing our podcasting yep. in a different way, and we were getting hits because people were like, wait a second, we're not supposed to obey? We're like, no, this is a ruse. Like, remember? Right. It and was they, like they very heavy. Planned it that way. They, of course they, they, they did. They had, had exercises and what plans and policy. And the guy who had architect was the architect of the whole idea ahead of time of what do we do in a pandemic? Let's shut down. That guy was in charge of the whole process Gosh, dude. and pushed it forward of we should shut down. Unbelievable. We, and now, of course, even liberal rags are coming out and saying, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have shut down. Yeah, you know, but like. Right. We've been telling you that but for two years. The, part of the problem with Christians is that we, so many of us, uh, are just so into this narrow idea of obeying the government. But they don't distinguish between the Constitution and the people who are occupying offices who shut things down. Right. Uh, they had no constitutional right to shut anything down. Bingo. The Constitution is the highest law of the land. And every office, from president on down is supposed to bow and obey the Constitution. Right. So when Favor, they don't, we have no obligation to obey anyone in any kind of authority office that is not following the Constitution because they are the ones who are actually violating the law. Right. Katie said, I remember watching it go down on TV and thinking Americans will never go along with this. <laughs> and you know what? I, I would dare say a majority didn't. I, I, yeah. I, I will say... A lot of them didn't. And mm -hmm. I think they even flubbed the numbers on the amount of vaccines. Mm -hmm. Like they handed out 200 million. I don't think 200 million were given. I just right. don't see it. Mm -hmm. So like, cause now you're even seeing people who repent. I, I met a guy at the conference we were just at. He's like, I took it. I repent. I shouldn't have done it. You know what I mean? And it's I've like, I've met people who have done, who huh? have said that. I've yeah. Met people tons. Who have said that too. And so like there were, there were my, my point government when they announce something, what's behind it? Just always, always ask that question. Government's never for your good. It was meant to protect your rights. That's it. Anything outside of that, they're already destroying their oath. They're destroying what their purpose is. And they want to destroy you ultimately. I don't care what you say. Government becomes socialism and, and eventually communism when they start to do for you 
what you should be doing yourself. Right. That's mm -hmm. exactly what happens. Yeah. And, and if you can think that line, you'll always see the government for what it really is. It's never out for your good. It can't be out for your good because they don't get anything out of it if it's for your good. There's nothing that they can get out of it. There's no power. There's no influence. No, there's no movement, mm -hmm. authority. Um, <laughs> last comment. We're going to end with this, and then we got a special video. We have, we have special video we have for special you. special video. Watch. Or Guys, else. you're going to be so excited about that video but go ahead but but i want this comment first destiny said yes i never knew any of this until you guys shameless plug i remember my <laughs> second service at revive was your july message massey oh that's awesome opening minds we gotta, we, we gotta thank paul paul will be back on soon at the new <laughs> uh, hopefully at the new place he will be because like this kind of stuff is like i'm gonna be honest with you i don't have time to study this stuff I'm studying still history and like trying to mm. figure this out and like what I can learn from history. Mm. Then you come in and I'm like, oh, I never thought of that about the economic system, you know, like, so we love when experts and people who have studied this and understand it, come on and like are able to give us a take. That's important to know because again, if you don't know, you're just hearing voices and you're like, well, that sounds good. I'm going to believe that. That's just not the way to do it. Do your homework and do your research. And this guy truly, truly does. He actually is one of our researchers too on our podcast. Again, he does a lot of our blogging. So if you're not subscribed to that, go to theselfevidenttruth.com. You want to be a part of that. And you can see a lot of his blogs. He's very liberty-minded. And that's what we want in self-evident. Yeah. And there are times you and I don't agree, but that's okay. And that's shocking, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, But that's the way it's supposed to be. It's, it's fun when... Uh... <laughs> Uh, disagreements start to pop up mm -hmm. in the office. It's awesome. All of a sudden, we start getting a little loud, and there's Todd closing his door. <laughs> Pastor Todd closes his door. It's like, ah, oh, geez. Or, at one point, Mike and I had to be separated. Yeah, they, they separated Whoa. our desks. I didn't do that. Well, and, and it was funny because I'm sure Shalene, Shalene just said, "Thank you, Paul." Sorry. Oh, no, you're thank good. You, yeah, she said, "Thank you, Paul." Is so important to know. Um, there's times where I'm sure Massey from his office could hear Paul and I get loud. <laughs> it's a, it's quite a nerd fest when those two get together. They're going to just throw it away. Like, it's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm going to go drink my coffee in my office is really what happens. So guys, we have a special video for you. Stay on. You're going to love this. this. Turn the sound up. Make sure it's all up because we, I mean, you know, right. Cause yeah. Elijah, do your job. <laughs> I do walk out. <laughs> Let's get it done, boys. Hey. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the new home of Self-Evident Ministries. We are in a place called Hope Tower, which that guy right here, he's one of our board members, he is helping us expand the vision of self-evident. We gotta take you. This is gonna be our waiting area. We've got office space. We walk down the hall. There's a fountain. We got a fountain. <laughs> we have a fountain. We got a break room, but I wanna show you the most important area of the entire production is the future home of the podcast studio. And I'm not gonna tell you what we're gonna do because it's a surprise. You get to see it the first day we roll, but just imagine for yourself what this could be. Right. We wanna thank you guys for all the support, the love, the prayers, the encouragement. Guys, it's gotten us to this point eight years in and we're already expanding and if you got anything to say, let's get it out there. This is gonna be good. Amen. That's why we love you. Thank you so much again for all your support and prayers, guys. Look forward to this year being awesome for us. Muted.
so this is what's cool about that and it and i get emotional like thinking about it like this has been eight years and um when our board member he actually runs that building he said hey you know i can get it to you at this rate it's almost a crime not to take it right you know the rate is so low and then his his uh right hand man was in the offices with us i gotta tell you the story <clears throat> he said you know can you guys afford the utilities i'm like well you know we'll see how much of the utilities there were some, I don't know what, 300 a month, maybe something like that. I can't remember what it was for that entire space. And the, his right-hand man goes, I'll write them a check every month for that. I want to support them. Wow. I want to pay for that. And I just thought, you know, you can't ask for better favor. Uh, so we're going to start our project this week, hopefully. Uh, start painting, start doing. We have some friends that are going to help us design the entire pod. It's, it's literally triple the size of this room. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll have better camera angles, better lighting. Our offices are really nice. Uh, he, the, the guy who runs that building has given us desks, he's, he's, printers. Uh, I mean, it, it is it is the coolest favorite. thing. So I just see like nothing but favor and, and all the warfare that's come with it is when you look back, it's like I wish I wouldn't have been so. Um, I wish I would have been a little more faithful with things with God, you know, just just like understanding that this is the process you go through to get blessed. And, you know, like the blessing comes with war and it's and but to see it now in fruition is just pretty cool. So uh, all your support, your prayers, your love. And if you guys want more information about what we're doing with this, contact me directly. You can email me or you can call me. Most of the people watching have my number. Uh, but if they're if you don't uh, go ahead and uh, reply and I'll get with you and tell you, like, this is what we're paying for it. This is I mean, because we want everything out in the open. Uh, and, and it's pretty cool. So we're really excited. Uh, this is a whole new step for us, a whole new step. And it's 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 a good step. It's a necessary yeah. step for us to grow. For sure. You know, so it's a it, we're, we're grateful, guys. And it's downtown. You got to see Stewart, Florida. It's on Ocean and Monterey. It's like a perfect prime spot where where we're located. I mean, so when we bring in guests, we're not bringing them to our office here. It's there. It's a, nice building. <laughs> it's a business office. Yeah. It's beautiful. So. We're, we're thank you for for all of this and 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 what you guys have sown into us we're so grateful and uh, we can't i can't say any more than that yeah uh we just like he said we are so grateful to you guys we we have so much in store we're we're plowing forward and we're grateful to every one of you for contributing for sticking with us for praying for us for giving us your love thank you and and i cannot wait to show you this completed office oh, like, i'm man. so excited to get the new studio Woo! finished get the offices completed we'll do a tour once we're finished yeah you'll see it by all means once we're in there come on down and visit so uh i could just see a live audience we Ooh. could eventually yes we, we're, we're creating space yep. for that so yeah we'll we'll have a spot for people to sit yep. in hang out so yep. um paul thank you so much for all you do for self-evident <laughs> thank you for being here man uh thanks for the invitation guys he's he's part of the podcast he helps do the research like massey said do the blog so yeah so give him a shout out and if you guys haven't sewn into the ministry keep doing it um please do it prayerfully consider being a partner and a sponsor with us because we're we're effectively using the funds, guys. I, I'll I wish I could tell you all the details. I can't, but if you contact me, I'll tell you the favor we got on this building and the price. It's like, oh my gosh! And we want to thank our board member, uh, yeah. Micah, for for this. He he really did a lot of the groundwork for us, and he's he's more excited he's than we are. Uh, he's he's, <laughs> he's like, where are you coming in? Where are you uh, coming yeah, in? He's so dude, <laughs> I love he it. sent us a picture. I wish I'd have <laughs> uploaded it. It's got our name in the in the entryway of the business center it's got our name the self-evident oh it's so cool on the monument on the monument the itself lobby. yeah yeah and he Is wants to put up 
it yeah, will be yeah. it will be ah. yeah so then the, he wants to put an outdoor one too and it's like oh geez you know so it, it's i'm just really really excited so consider sewing into the ministry uh we're, we're doing great things guys if you can i just tell you quickly I, there's so much to tell you when i was in missouri we prayed for some people and a girl got healed from her gi tract uh mess infection and she wasn't able to eat gluten or anything like that i i me and pastor prayed i don't know if i specifically prayed for her but she got healed, dude. She's been eating what she wants for the last two days, two, three days. And she said the same thing that what really hit her was Austin's story. If I'm truly healed, I'm healed. Right. So she believed that if I'm healed, I'm healed. And she just went out and started eating and exactly. she got healed. So these kinds of things are happening. It's not us. We know that we're not. Come on. I'm not dumb. It's the Lord. But it's just like we're willing to do what it takes to get that presence of God to these people because they don't sometimes experience that. And they need to, you know. He's awesome. He's a good father. And keep your eyes out. We'll do a testimony trailer from the homeschool convention to show you guys what's been going on, what's happening, because we're out there to minister. We're there to change yep. lives. The church we went to, it's it's a budding relationship. Pastor Brian is the best. He is amazing. What a great guy. The Latrell's uh, got us we, out there. So. We, we got a lot in store, uh, especially with that church. But that's what you're sowing into when you support. You are sowing into us going out and doing ministry and changing lives, because that's what God has called us to do. So... Guys, we love you. We will see you on Monday. We're so grateful for all of you. We hope you guys have a great weekend. Love y'all. Bye.